All right, it's uh, man, that sucked. Um, hi, it is episode one, season two of Smart Talk. Um, I am your host Joshua Tesler. Um, and I and my co-host uh is sitting alongside me, Austin Garrett. Uh, and Austin, how are you doing today? I assume you're in a uh, uh delightful mood after the <laughs> Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. So. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, the, the tone of this podcast would have been totally different had they lost, right? Like, just be doing anger for an hour instead of just being all cheerful. So, yeah, great to be back, Josh. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. This is a uh, it's wild, you know. It feels like uh, you know it's great for some of our counterparts getting these jobs uh, with with uh, uh, OHL and BCHL teams, but it's just like uh, I miss them. But I'm glad we and you are still sticking around doing this for season two. Yeah, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, congrats. Congratulations to Paul uh, on joining the Mississauga Steelheads, and uh, congratulations to Matt for joining the Coquitlam Express. Uh, and um, and yeah, um, I'm so excited to see what is in store for the two of them. Um, and uh, and yeah, they will always be part of the Smot family. Um, so yeah, I'm I, you know when I you know when I built this service, you know. The you know the full intent was to create a, a launching pad, and I'm so happy that um, you know that we you, you know that we have multiple former SMOT uh, you know folks um, you know going off and uh, you know and doing great things at the next level. I know we'll miss them, but look, they're doing cool things. Um, you know, Josh, I'm, one of the reasons why I was. Up, I'm gonna tear up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? At least they're not. At least they're still sticking around. We still chat with them. Um, yeah. But I, one of the reasons uh, we started talking about this podcast uh, about a week or two ago, and I was just like, it was right before your trip uh, out west, um, and we were like, let's just throw something. At you. Like I'm feeling antsy. Like we should probably start talking about the 2023 draft. Just some early thoughts, nothing concrete. Um, and we kind of just started spitballing ideas. And then you went out west and got to go see, I believe it was Connor Bedard uh, for a game. Then you went and saw Zach Benson for a game out, out west. How was that? So I saw Connor Bedard um, and Brayden Yeager. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so I saw the ice play, the Pats, um, and, um, and then I went to uh, see the ice play, the Moose Jaw Warriors. Um, so I saw Zach Benson. Connor Bedard, Tanner Howe, um, as well as Braden Yeager. And um, I also stumbled upon um, um, uh, Lyndon uh, Lakovic, who is, I swear, I looked it up the other day and uh, I forgot. I think he's a 2025 um, uh, NHL draft eligible. Yep, I'm already talking about 2025s. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, he, but, yeah, he was entertaining to watch. Um yeah, big kid moves moves extremely well for his size. I believe he's six five. Like, like man, he's man, he's young and huge, um, and, and and he moves extremely well. Um, but yeah, no, like it was, but yeah, it was a, a fun trip. And uh, you know, of course, I got to see your uh, your boy Denton Matejchuk, um, of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and uh, and yeah, it was it was a fun trip. And uh, I thoroughly enjoy watching Connor Bernard live in person. Um, and I'm hoping to do so one more time later on th this year. You know, per you know, perhaps I perhaps I can, you know, maybe get out to Vancouver for the CHL top prospects game. But uh, 
let's see uh but let's see how the cookie crumbles uh i don't know why but um i'm adding some more buffalo uh niagara uh um uh i'm just making this a buffalo themed podcast apparently (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're hoping for it so it's slowly but surely you get turned smart into something non-boston related right um well that's awesome man i i know i was super jealous when i heard you were out there i know you got to see joel um and one of joel henderson will probably one of the smarter minds in the whl in terms of his scouting so um the two of you going together to games must have been a lot of fun and um getting to see those prospects i mean you got to see some of the three kids who are probably going top 10 this year so jealous of you josh jealous (laughs) you know and like i like just like watching connor bedard and like zeroing in on know what exactly he can do with like the puck and you know and he you know and he just does such a great job of identifying like those like tight like tight 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 um lanes to exploit and like like he like like i like i just love every single movement um you know that you know that he does in the offensive zone like he's like you know like it doesn't matter if he's on like doesn't matter if he's on the rush or you know if he's or if he's controlling the cycle you know he um you know he is just truly dynamic and you know and even you know and even when you think that you have you know bested to him and identified his next move boom he's done boom he's done someone else so i you know so i can only say good things about connor um and then zach benson um Man, Zach Benson, zippy, 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 zippy. Dude is speedy, speedy. And um, you know what? Uh, he's, you know, he's zippy, zappy. Uh, <laughs> and it's also a shout out to the New England Patriots on their win today. Go Pats. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's zippy, zappy. And, um, you know, and I constantly you know, love, you know, seeing just how engaged he is. Um, you know, he's just, you know, he is just engaged in all three zones. He constantly wants to be involved. He's constantly looking to provide outlet lanes. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's just truly dynamic. And I, and I know you love Zach Benson as much as I do. So. I know. It's Zach Benson was uh he was definitely one of my favorite players to watch last year. And this is a good transition as we kind of go and go and talk about like the beginning thoughts for the season. Uh for those of you who don't know, I I mostly focus in North America. So when Josh talks about Europeans, I have no comment. Uh if they didn't play in the Hoinka, I don't really know much what they've done since uh watching him last year. Um but you kinda built you hit three players to start this podcast that I spent the last 24 hours really digging into because uh, one of my biggest things for this year was, was is anyone going to catch Bedard? You know, like, is there, is it, where are we locking Bedard in as early as October? And then we're kind of going to figure out two through five or what, where, where that tier will be. Um, and, you know, last night's Boston game was a little bit different for Fantilli. I don't know if you watched it, but they had a, a four minute five on three, which they just obliterated Boston at the beginning of the game, they ended up winning nine two. Um, but then kind of look at Benson and Bedard, honestly, you, everything you said about Bedard is hundred percent true. His shot, uh, generation, uh, stats that are just off a two game sample is ridiculous. Like, I mean, granted, 
he must be just just he's a, a machine gun on the power play ripping shots like but five on five he was over eight shots for both games which is ridiculous because you then count, count on what he's doing there his passing stuff's real i mean he just see like you said he sees lanes he's able to manipulate the lanes um i think you're baiting me into the, having this conversation <laughs> in the <laughs> podcast but like look the only thing i think that i would like to see out of Connor bedard is i don't know if he's a center and I, I know that's going to be, um, and I don't mean to be hot takey saying that. It's just that right now he's taking draws as a center and then he's kind of playing positionally defensively as a winner right now. Um, so that's what I mean in terms of being a center. Everything with the puck offensively, he can do it all. He could transition the puck up and down. He can play, but um, it was just defensively, I'd like to see what he would do if he was going to play the whole 200 instead of, you see a lot of the time he's playing at the blue line. He's doesn't come down very often. They are really trying to spring him at every chance. That seems to be Regina's kind of like, let's get Connor Bedard in space. You know, like not a bad philosophy, but that is their philosophy right now. Yeah. Um, and then the other two, I mean, I think Zach Benson's going to make a name of this. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I love Zach Benson going into this weekend, and I'm coming out of this weekend being like, Zach Benson's in this firmly in this conversation for two, three, four, five. Like, I used to think Benson was like a four, five, like Fantilli had this locked up, or Carlson, if he really, I'll defer to you on that one um but but Leo's good. Leo's good. <laughs> i liked him last year but i haven't watched like leo leo i don't know why i keep doing that leo <laughs> it's not no. leo it's leo but i i really do think after after looking at the all three of them like benson's benson deserves to be in the conversation as well so i'm glad you started the podcast off with that because those are three players that i thought would tear themselves off in terms of where they and i think they're kind of they're closer than i think most people realize but i do think bedard's really leading the pack and i don't think many i don't think he'll be caught so um and so I, so I also wanted to ask you your opinion on if you, um, I'm sorry, on a few players playing in the U.S. this year. So well, I was watching Gavin Brindley uh, earlier today, um, and um, you know, and I very, very much enjoy watching William Whitelaw. Um, you know what? You know what are your early season thoughts on the, the two of them right now? Um, so <laughs> I have my adopted seven. Uh, my adopted seven sons going into this draft year from the summer, and both of the ones you mentioned were, were two of the ones I fell in love with this summer, and uh, I've been really pleasantly surprised that they've been able to carry it through the beginning. I think White Wall was someone that um, was under the radar for a lot for a lot of mainstream. Like if you're not if you're a casual observer of the drafts, like White, William White Wall will be someone whose name creeps up on you from the Holinka. Um, but I saw him at the McPherson last uh, last year. Uh, when he was with Shaddock, and I mean, he was a, he was unreal there. And he's like, he's small, but he's a pest. He's got so much skill and so much speed, um, but he's also determined to score. He's in every, he has energy for days. Like, he never gets tired on the ice. So um, I think privately, um, I was saying to our group, like, you know, everyone was talking Quentin Musty going into the Holinka, and I'm like, William Whitelaw is coming out as the best player uh, out of this tournament from the U.S. So I think he did that. I think he proved that. Um, He's starting off well with Youngstown. He's his first weekend. I, I watched. He was real good. I didn't catch the game uh, midweek this week to see how he did there. Um, and then Gavin Brindley, I've been on for like two years. I thought he was. Truth be told, I thought he was a 2022 to start last year, and I got really excited that I was going to start hyping him up, and then realized he was a 2023. Um, I will say, if you haven't watched Michigan play, like watch Gavin Brindley. He is centering the second line right now. He is he is fast. He is uh, a two way player, and he Sleepy is doing, happy. 
he's like he's the type of kid who um there was a game i think it was boston he went across the screen like coming this way broke up a play at the blue line then like circled back Seamus Casey gets the puck and passes across ice and somehow Gavin Brindley's on the other side of the ice taking that pass and zipping it back over I'm like how did he get over there um <laughs> but Brindley is I he he's such a four I didn't realize he was that fast honestly either because watching him at the U18s last year I thought maybe my one note was like maybe he needs to get an extra step but he's hitting this year like he can play at that pace at the NCAA um but yeah I think you hit two really good players to start, you know, uh, <laughs> between Whitelaw and 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 then in the USHL, I, I'm sure uh, we've we've talked about him too. Is Jaden Perron uh, on the Chicago Steel? He's even though he's not American, he's Canadian playing in the USHL. He's been he's been lights out to start the year as well. And then um, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but but you're also a fan of Tanner Adams as well. So yeah, so some of the deeper names that you know, we'll we'll probably really hit home as a, Tanner Adams is someone who I don't think pushes the first round right now for me, but he's on my bubble list right now. If he could push into it, um, when we when we kind of split up the names for the Holinka, it's when I kind of was like, oh, Tanner Adams. He played on Brindley's Tri City team last year, um, and I was just kind of like, wow, this. I didn't realize he was his transition numbers were fantastic. His uh, shot generation, he 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 moved up and down the puck, up and down the ice, even better than Brindley did. Um, but what he really didn't do is he didn't have the dynamic 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 skill set that the Brindley has. So I thought in the Holinka, he really. I mean, I honestly thought he should have buried four or five goals. He had like four or five goal chances up close. He's playing really well to start the USHL. He's a really late birthday. He's like uh, September second, September third type of birthday. So um, Tanner Adams one to keep a keep your eye on. The other one, Tanner to keep an eye is Tanner Ludke too. He's starting off on fire in the USHL as well. Um, he's more of a power winner, but um, he's he's starting off real hot down in the USHL. And the next topic that I want to bring up is, um, you know, is a subject matter, you know, that the, you know, that the small scouting team, you know, has definitely talked about over like the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, the, uh, it's the Oliver Moore, uh, Will Smith the debate and, you know, and at this point, you know, who is, um, you know, who is the top USNTDP, uh, you know, U18 player, um, and I, and, um, you know, and I, you know, and I are, and I already know who, you know, I already know who you're going to say, and I, and I have come around, and Oliver Moore is in every facet. Josh, you're cutting in and out right now. Hopefully you heard that. No, <laughs> you stopped after right right when you said I've come around to Oliver Moore. You you cut out. Man, oh, I was on. I was, man. <laughs> um, okay, so let me see where I was. Okay, so Oliver Moore, you know, he just, you know, he's just so much better in every facet. Um, you know, when it comes, you know, um, you know, when it comes to his play shift in shift out. Um, you know, he's just far more involved, you know, he's, you know, he's looking to create those high, medium, uh, you know, danger chances for his team. Um, and with Will Smith, Will Smith, like, you know, I mean, I mean, this is still pretty early on in the year, but seems to be more of a finisher and like, you know, and I, you know, and I very, very much value Will Smith, but, 
you know, at, you know, Oliver Moore is doing the dirty work. And, you know, and that's, you know, and that's what I really, really appreciate. And, and I love Will Smith's ability to finish, but at the same point, like, the, but like the guy that's making the magic happen, he's more. I, um, I could give you a hug right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like I've been banging this drum for Oliver Moore for a while. And then, um, you know, they split up Perot and Moore to begin the year. Then they put Moore on the wing and then they made a super line. And look, this, there's no, you can't trash any reason to do this because they lost their first game like last night. Like they started off like hotter than any other NTTP team that's ever started off. So um, they're definitely doing it the right way. But they put Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and uh, Gabe Perot all on the top line. And those three were just like magic together. Like uh, if you go some, if you go watch some of their highlights, if you're listening to this and just tw- uh, just type in Twitter and go Will Smith and go to the media, like it's tic-tac-toe like across the ice. It's beautiful. Those three are just, they're really good players. Um but the you kind of hit it on the head. I think like each of them are really good at a thing that makes them all gel really together. Will Smith, I've come around to Will Smith. Will Smith was someone who I was really skeptical coming into this year, and now he's he's top like if he's not in my top ten, he's borderline top ten right now. Um, and he's just great off the puck. He can finish. He's great one touch passing around the offensive zone. He can he he has more playmaking skill uh, ability than I gave him credit for to begin the year. Um, but Oliver Moore's hilarious. I don't know. I don't have. I just ditto to everything you said. He's one. I think he's the best. I think he's the best skater in the class in terms of what, generating uh, speed off of a off of a off a Gretzky turn off of his edges. Like I don't. He seems to get faster when he's moving laterally. So like, uh, and he had. He's just the word I would use to describe. It, it's like airy. It's like he's not. It's effortless skating. It looks like his blades aren't even touching the ice. He does three sixty spinorama moves like like a basketball player, like as quick as that. They're not lengthy. They're not long cross. Like, it's a ridiculous way that kid can do it on his skates. So, um, yeah, so in following the conversation about the USNTDP uh, prospects, I also want to ask you about the Saginaw uh, prospects because, um, you know, I know uh, last weekend, I think you were watching uh, them quite a bit and you were talking about uh, – Mongoni. Um, I um I haven't watched a lot of them yet and I you know and I, I definitely need to take a look. Um but yeah, but what are your but what are your overall thoughts um about these Saginaw prospects? So I watched them, yeah, you I watched them last weekend and I, I followed up with a fellow smart scout, uh, Jordan and I were talking about this this morning and uh, I, they might have separated the line, but at the time it was an O they had an O5 line running of Sebastian Gervais, Joey Willis and Kalen Mangoni and I was just like and they were they were putting up points. And they were fun to watch as well. If you're not following Saginaw, uh, they're winning games like 7 to 5, 10 10 8. Like they're not playing much defense over there. Um but it's so much fun. Um, so I wanted to kind of dig into to those three in particular because they're going to put up the point totals. So let's be honest, put up the point totals. They're going to garner attention at some point. Um, the two that I really came away impressed with were uh, Joey Willis and Kaylin Mangoni. Um, with Mangoni, I think he's I think his skill pops a little bit more than Willis. Um, he's got a little bit more shiftiness, a little bit more speed. I like his stick handling a little bit more. Um, but I respect the game Joey Willis plays so much. Um, he lacks a little bit of the pace. Uh, if he was a little bit faster, I think he's like 5'10", 5'11". If he was a little bit faster, we would be talking about him seriously for 
for a higher end prospect. Um, but he's super smart off the puck, super smart where to put the puck. Um, he was super involved on that line um, in terms of transition, in terms of being able to get the puck out. He's very good under pressure. I mean, we talk about this a lot um, and we might sound like we're beating a dead horse, but the difference between playing in the OHL and the NHL is you, the amount of time you have to make a play, right? Like, so if you can make plays under pressure with under and quickly, it's going to, that will always translate. If you need more time, if you need more space, that, that evaporates as you go higher and higher up here. So his ability to operate under high, high, high pressure situations is, uh, is really impressive. Um, but those are the two Sebastian Gervais, I think uh, might be a mid to late round pick for us. Um, but Mangoni and Willis, I think we'll we'll be talking about in the next ranking uh, after the top thirty-two for sure. So, so for the so for so for the next piece, sorry for the next um, part of the podcast, I want to try a new game, and I and um, and game just seems weird. This is this feels more of like a quiz, but yeah, but um, yeah, but let's give it a roll, and if. And if it's awful, we'll never do it ever again. Um, but pretty sure I put Paul on the spot last year. Might have put you on the spot as well. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. Uh, who in your mind at this point? Um, you know, and you know, and you know, and uh, I just want to state here that you know that we are still pretty early on in the year, and you know, and our you know, and our opinions are likely to change quite a bit on you know on many on many players but um right now your best power forward oh you're starting there huh uh <laughs> hold on let me pull up my list uh right now if we were going based just how i would define power forward can i would you say will smith is fits that role charlie stramwell probably one of those two would probably be in yeah. north america would probably be my my two two top guys who are you know they can play down the middle they kind of have that um look this is i hate player analogies but they kind of have that uh appeal that cutter goffier had last year of i think they'd be better on the wing but i think they have enough skill to play down the middle that they'll play down the middle in college that it like nhl teams are going to really maybe over favor that um but those two i think would be better served to play on the wing using their shots and their strengths on the offensive zone and their, 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 uh, their size and strength on the boards. Um, so those are the two I would say in North America. Who would you say overseas? Overseas probably would play to say Edward, uh, Edward Saleh. Um, you know, he, you know, he definitely comes to mind. Um, you know, it's just, you know, just a big, you know, just a big body guy, you know, that, um, you know, um, you know, sorry, that thrives on the four check down low, um, you know, and, um, you know, and he, you know, and, um, you, you know, and he can best defenders nicely in, uh, you know, in one-on-one situations. So, yeah, so I, um, yeah, so for Euro, I would definitely in Saleh, um, yeah, he's the guy. Um, uh, but yeah, and then, so that was best power forward. What about, what about best stick handler? And when and when I mean stick handler, I mean the ability to generate quite a bit of open ice for himself using his stick handling. And I think I think I know who you're going to say, and I think I'm going to agree with you. But I just want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I want to know who you think I'm going to say. Um, gosh, the first one off the top of my hand was was uh, was, was was Cristal, Andrew Cristal. Bingo, bingo. Uh, that's, what, <laughs> uh, that's who I was going. I mean, that kid's uh, that kid's what the most fun kid to watch this year so far for me. So, and it's all because of what he does with the puck on a stick. So, um, but I'm sure I'm sure if I'm like scrolling through here, there's someone who could probably like White Law is up there too. You know, but uh, but for uh, Cristal by by a hair yeah i would like i would also say that callum ranchy also does well at uh you know at utilizing his stick handling to get out of uh rather tight uh you know um sorry rather tight pressure situations um but yeah um but yeah you definitely hit it on the head because i definitely had andrew crystal up there um hmm best two-way defenseman but yeah can't speak best two-way defenseman Two-way defenseman. I mean, I go Caden Price right now. Bingo. Okay, I mean Caden Price to I, Luca Cagno, uh, uh Gosh, I always miss Cagnani and uh, um, and him are kind of separating themselves for me. But I, I lean Caden Price. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I definitely agree there. I think, I think with Luca Cagnani, I think Luca's just, um, his mobility, I think, is just slightly better, but, um. But yeah, like you know, but like yeah, if we're yeah, like I feel like Luca Cagnoni has um has the better like has a better chance of like really really popping in the offensive zone like and like and I and like I definitely think that Price is going to put up a, a lot of points, but like Luca's ability you know through you know through skating his activation you know mo you know mobility like you know like he you know like he can be rather fun like. His um, I you hit it on the head, and you the keyword you said was two way. You know, if you ask me who would I want like to as a defenseman who I think is gonna put up the most points, it, it would like I think like exactly what you said. I, I think it's hard to describe my general feelings at this point, but when I think of it, I feel like he just Price doesn't have the ability yet that like the, there's just a multiple ways that Luca's gonna beat you. You know what I mean? Like like he gets the puck, he can go up the wall, he can go down the middle. You don't know what move you're gonna get out of him, which is really like what I love about him. But I I think Caden Price is just super smart. And he's got all the skill too, so I um, I lean there. And for Euros, hmm, I would probably have to say Mikhail Gulyayev. Um, and you know, and he does have that mobility, you know, that we, you know, that we just talked about, um, you know, with Luca Cagnoni, but like, um, you know, but he can also be a pest in the defensive zone too. You know, physical board battles. You know, he, you know, he loves to get in your face, you know, they're, um, you know, he's, you know, he's just a really, really fun uh, defenseman for Omsk. Um, so, yeah, so Caden Price, Mikhail Guyayev, um, you know, those are definitely two guys that come to mind as like, you know, is really good, uh, really good two-way defenseman. Josh, who's that uh, defenseman in Sweden um, that we were talking about? Is it Axel? Axel Sandin Polika. Yes. I like him as well. I think. I mean, I would say you 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 hit it on the head. He's he would be. I would lean yours, but I think uh, Axel's uh, Holinka was all was awesome. I really liked him for a two way defenseman as well. Yeah, and like what I really really like about him is how assertive he can be in terms of his gap control. And you know, as soon as the puck comes into his zone, like he like he very much wants to just close out those gaps. 
and you know and silent the oppositional rush you know he's you know he's just a lot of fun too um and yeah and um you know and you know and speaking of swedes you know you also have tail lindstein too um so yeah so there yeah so there are a lot of good two-way uh defensemen in this in this class um let's see uh Player with the best shot that cannot be Connor Bedard. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I just penciled that one. Uh, Braden Yeager. Okay. Um, I don't disagree with you there. I'm trying to think of who else. Um, he's like, yeah. After Connor, yeah, it's it's got it's got to be Yeager. I mean, you got to give a lot of praise to like, I mean, the guys like Will Smith too. Um, you know, as, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, with that, uh, you know, with that finishing ability, um, yeah, um, hmm. player, uh, player that thrives off high tempo, like best, like, I mean, best player that thrives off of high tempo. Um, I mean, truthfully, it's Connor Bedard. But uh, if I can't choose him, I'm going to probably pick. Oh man, I mean Oliver Moore. I think he's he, he's so good with going up and down the ice. That's a tough question because I feel like so much of what I like about <laughs> so many of the players are like I like are all of the that they are high tempo players. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would probably I would probably say Oliver Moore just because it, it, he gets up and down the ice so well and he's so so dangerous like in a at pickpocketing people off the rush and, and taking it the other way that I'd probably go um probably go Oliver Moore. Um best distributor. Best it dist- cannot be Connor Bedard. <laughs> um I I say Benson. I think Benson's uh he the way he can he can create passing lanes in the offensive zone is really unique and the way he kind of shifts defenders to to find it and usually it's really methodical and procedural he kind of dissects the defense um you know Jaden Perron's up there too Jaden Perron gets passes through I know I have no idea how he gets them through but they somehow <laughs> he completes them through three players I'm like that's a terrible pass and he does it two more times in the game I'm like I guess he can do that so <laughs> and then on the rush. I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, you would definitely have to lean Bedard, um, and Benson, and definitely Leo Carlson too. Um, yeah, those are, yeah, those are, yeah, those are definitely like the top guys, you know, in terms of trying to, um, sorry, in terms of efficiency when distributing off the rush. Um, I got one for you, Josh. Mm-hmm. Who's a who's a guy who's just like uh, you're watching someone else and they just pop off the screen. And you're like, oh, I really like this guy more than I thought I did. That's hard. That's hard. Um, that's hard. You know, I, um, well, I was watching the um, Cam Luke Portland game uh, Saturday uh, Saturday night. So yeah, last night. Um, I like Carter Sotheran a bit. Um, you know, I. You know he's definitely a big-bodied defenseman, six-four. Um, you know he, um, you know he can definitely be feisty along the boards. Um, you know could, um, 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I want him to be a little bit more attentive when it, you know, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to tracking the puck, but yeah, I mean, like when I was watching guys like Luca Cagnoni, um, you know, I, um, you know, Carter Southern was on my, was on my list of players to watch, but, you know, but like he, you know, but like I was really going into this viewing being like, I really want to see what Luca can do. And I was, you know, I was more focused on Luca and Levis, you know, but I, um, you know, but I constantly enjoyed seeing what uh, Carter Southern was doing. Um, also, I also, um, yeah, I also really, really liked what I saw out of Merrick Alsher the other night, who was drafted by the Florida Panthers. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, so Portland's been doing great work, and um, and uh, and speaking of Portland, and um, and we were talking about Matt er- earlier. I mean, we are all Marcus Newman fans. <laughs> We're all Marcus Newman fans. So, uh, so yeah, so there's a Marcus Newman shout out. Um, so, um, so, you know, with Matt not on the podcast, I thought we'd get away from one podcast without Marcus Newman, but we are not. Uh, oh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, I guess for me, it would be Nate Danielson. Uh, he was always one that I kind of like, who did that play? It was Nate Danielson. Uh, yeah, Nate the other Danielson. one was Denver Barkey in the OHL. He was another one who's kind of like, who did that? And it's Denver. Uh, and then the kind of like name out of nowhere, I have no idea. Like, don't ask me my opinion on him. I have no idea if we'll end up ranking him, but Oliver Tolk is, an, uh, is a kid who just keeps kind of like scoring goals or making plays when I'm watching other players. I'm like, I need to check in on this kid. So he plays for Calgary. Um, so, yeah, that's those are those are my three. <laughs> and um, like I, I'm trying to remember, I had a few of those last year. Like I, um, I like Taylor Wahlberg. Uh, who the who the Ottawa Senators ended up uh, taking because I was watching uh, Elias Salomonson and I remember um and I remember, remember watching Teo and I and I was like oh there's something here um, <laughs> so and uh, he's now playing for the Dubuque Fighting Saints I believe um so yeah so I so I very much liked him also when I was um also when I was doing some of the Helenka prep work um. You know, and I was looking at uh, well, I'm trying to remember uh, the top Chechia players at Holinka. I can't remember if Saleh was there. I um, but 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 there was someone in particular that I was paying closer attention to. Um, sorry, paying closer attention to, and I kept seeing Michael Harabo, um, um, you know, being a beast in net. Um, you know, and I, you know, and I haven't looked in on him yet in terms of what he's done so far with the Omaha Lancers. Um, but yeah, but he was, but yeah, he was a goaltender coming out of the gate that, you know, that very much caught my eye. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, those are some other guys that like, you know, that I, you know, that I definitely stumbled upon. I know it's, it's the best part about this, honestly, it's when you come into it and you do all this research and you, you think, you know, the whole class and all of a sudden this kid comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh, I like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're down a, a rabbit hole for an hour watching all the games on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I'm getting a little bit bored of that game, but. Uh, um, let's do one last one, though. Okay. Um um who in your opinion has higher offensive upside um let me think uh 
William Whitelaw, um, Gavin Brindley, Oliver Moore. I would go. I would. Gosh, you're making me choose all three players. I like. Um, Who's got the highest offensive upside for you? Let's say Whitelaw. Um, I think there is. <laughs> there's one thing I think William Whitelaw needs to do, and that is that he has a pension for it's almost I call it the Connor Bedardism of, you know, I I have a good shot and I'm going to use it from low danger areas, even though like you know I'm on the goal line and I can pick that corner that has like a point one percent chance to go in for every other, but I'm gonna shoot it anyways, you know. And I think if Whitelaw were to just chuck a couple more pucks to high danger areas, medium danger areas, and hit those players instead of just shooting from like the half wall when he's coming down, or to try and generate a rebound kind of a chance, I think, I think he'll explode point wise. Um, Oliver Moore, I think is, I think Whitelaw's got the complete package. I think Oliver Moore has got a little bit more. He has to diversify his 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 uh, rush lanes a little bit more for me. Um, how he attacks the blue line, how he attacks uh, uh, fast transition plays is going to be how I think he really develops as an offensive player. Um, I think he's a lot more of drop passes right now, kind of set it up like conservative plays, um, which is, I think when he gets a little bit more confident, he's got the puck handling to do it. I just think when he gets a little more uh, confident attacking the middle of the ice and kind of looking to to, to fake the shot, hit the pass lane kind of stuff, he'll take off. I just don't think Brindley's ever going to be that player. I think Brindley has the talent to do it. I think Brindley's just wired to be like, I am a a, a, a motor. You, you wind me up, and for 50 seconds, I'm buzzing around this ice, trying to hit people, get the puck, get it to my teammates, go back. You know, like, I just don't think he'll ever kind of get that selfishness at, to him to ever really be. But I don't think he, I don't think it's not that he doesn't have the skill set. I just think it's just he, he reminds me of, like, he's going to be your second, third-line center kind of person, and I want to be defensively responsible. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that was a hard question, Josh. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna hit you with one since you're gonna you're asking me all the tough ones. Adam Fantilli. Mm-hmm. A lot of talk about him and his his numbers to start the year. Uh do you think his numbers just are are indicative of his offensive talent? Do you think he is Jack Eichelish offensively, or do you think that we're we need to pump the brakes a little bit? Um it's tough because I really, really, really like Adam Fantilli. Um, like, you know, for me, he's definitely penciled in as my number two at this point. And I think in terms of the potential, you know, um, you know, when it comes to offensive production, um, you know, I think his playmaking is very robust. Um, you know, he's very, very good at generating, uh, you know, quality opportunities, um, Sorry, um, for quality passing lanes, um, you know, for you know, for his teammates to exploit, you know, he's got a very, very nice shot. You know, he plays very, very well with pace. Um, you know, um, you know, he's, you know, Fantilli is not as good, um, off like like off the Russia as Connor Bedard is. Um, you know, Fantilli's more of a. Um, you know, he's more of a, I'm going to work the puck around low danger areas and find the precise area to pounce. Um, you know, that's, um, you know, that's very much his game. And, 
you know, and I def, you know, and I, and at this point, like, I could see Benson at two. Um, I think a lot of people are going to put Mishkov at two, but I really think that Fantilli, like, and it's, so like, the thing with Fantilli is, it's not just about the offensive production. It's the fact that he feels like a safe pick. Like, and because, like, and I know that's kind of weird to say when, like, when you're considering, like, hey, we're talking him, I mean, we're talking about him at two, but, like, when you look at Mafe Mishkov, like, Mafe Mishkov is, like, you know, he, you know, he doesn't really drive in that much. He's, you know, like, he, like, he thrives off of his, like, he thrives off of his shot. Like, that, like, that is his game. Like, and, like, yes, that, like, like, yes, there's a lot of, you know, opportunity for him to succeed at the NHL level, but I feel like when you, when, when, when you talk about, you know, like a pick being safe or not, I feel like Fantilli at two is, is a safer bet than, you know, than Mitchkov at two. Yeah, honestly, my ask the question because, you know, um, I watching. I've seen all of Michigan's games, and it, it. I think the biggest difference between Eichel and I'm just a huge NCAA hockey fan in general. So that's watching all of Eichel and watching Fantilli. I think the biggest difference I see one is you hit it on the head is rush rush offense. I the other thing is Eichel had Eichel everything ran through Eichel on, on BU. You know, like when he was there, like he was heads and tails above every every player on his line. I Mackey's kind of running the show on that line with Fantilli. Now, don't get me wrong, Fantilli's. 1B or 1A to your 1A, 1B. There, there's, you know what I mean? So, and Dylan Duke is an excellent passenger to their line. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he didn't, I don't think they got any points today. I, I do think that they're going to, I don't think he'll ever, I don't think he'll hit the Eichel point plateau, but I think he, he is such a good two. He's the best defensive forward in North America. I'll say that right now. Like, so I feel like his, the, bread and butter to his game is exactly what you said is that when you define safe you have a really good 200 foot center in adam yeah. Fantilli, and yeah. he's going to be offensive he's going to be a defensively responsible you can plug him in he's going to be a top six center um how many points he puts up i'm not in that business but he's gonna he can play he can play <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah i mean like and you like in you hit the nail on like the head too like you know if we were you know if we were looking well if we were trying to dissect the best you know, 200 foot guy. Yeah. It's definitely Adam Fantilli. And again, Zach Benson is another, you know, is definitely another name that you put there as well. But like, um, but yeah, but I, but, but yeah, no doubt Fantilli is number one there. No doubt. That's the only one I, I wanted to throw to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of that, um, yeah, I, I so, um, you know, so I wanted to ask you about college hockey in general. Um, you know, I, um, you know, no, I, I don't know if a lot of our listeners, you know, pay close attention, uh, you know, to, um, you know, to college hockey or, um, you know, but, um, you know, but aside from Michigan this year, you know, if you were, um, you know, if you were telling, you know, if you were telling the average fan, you know, which, you know, which collegiate programs that they should, you know, keep a close eye on this year. Who's like your top three that you're telling them to watch? Um, you know, for the draft right now, there's only, I think four of them in there. So I think you got, you got Michigan, 
uh, you got Wisconsin with Stramel, and I think you got UConn with Wood, right? Um, yeah. I think those are the only four where you have draft eligible kids uh, or three. I think in terms of like what I like to watch, I love watching um, BU, UMass, the Bean Pot, you know, all those schools over in Massachusetts. Um, they're always a fun one. Minnesota in the Big Ten. Uh, so like Minnesota, Michigan is usually where I like to go to, like those two two programs. And then out west, you got Denver, uh, which is always. But Denver just got their their butts kicked by Scott Morrow and company this weekend. So go Scott <laughs> Morrow. So uh, UMass, I think, took both of them off. But uh, speaking of which, UMass has a goalie who's a former Buffalo Junior Saber. I think he has like a nine five something better save percentage undrafted goalie so if you, anyone uh listening to this is looking for their team to pick up a goalie prospect go check out that umass goalie he's uh he's starting out real hot um but yeah i mean those are i would say those are the big big 10 hockey hockey east is on espn plus which is really cool so you can watch northeastern watch some Devin levi some jack hughes uh who else is out there right now um Wins on Merrimack. They are oh, one and one. <laughs> uh, fire up Vermont tape. Uh, UNH watch uh, Tyler Muzalik. Stardium, whatever the guy name is that we drafted from the Sabres that's on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I would say though, um, you know, I love college hockey. Um, I think it's also a really good barometer for for a lot of these kids because so many of these these college hockey players don't start playing college don't make it to the NCAA until they're twenty twenty one, so a lot of these eighteen nineteen year old kids we talk about these eighteen year olds that are playing right now are playing against twenty three twenty four year olds you know so um, while maybe not as great as a professional league um, they are physically mature to to kind of get a gauge of what it will look like when they play bigger fat, faster physical players, and if you want to experience basically. Basically, a college football game indoors and like college hockey is that like the experience is just like, like, like I can't like I can only think of like a few games where, you know, where like where it just wasn't loud and, you know, and 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 fans just weren't really into it. Like, you know, there's like there's only a few like college hockey is awesome. Like. Make sure, like, make sure you're firing up from college hockey, is, um, you know, and and seek out the rivalry games. Trust me, seek them out. <laughs> I'm excited. Look, I'm going over to Niagara to see the NDTP play in the middle of November. They're coming out here, um, so I'll see them play twice here, and then I think they play at RIT. Um, so it's gonna be cool. I mean, it's really, I love college hockey. I will say this, uh, I would keep an eye on Zach Buckman. He, that kid's gonna put up points this year. He, he should have had like two points in the first game, got an assist in the second. That kid's, he's pretty much getting to act like Seamus Casey on Merrimack right now. So I, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, and, uh, and, th- and, um, and man, thank you so much for, uh, you know, for recording this episode with me and, uh, yeah, man, it was fun. Um, and uh, and thank and and thank you all for listening. And uh, we will and we will hit you back with another episode real soon. I know we're getting up, we're getting close to rankings time over here at Smart, so you'll probably start hearing me and Josh try and uh, hammer out some of these rankings in the next few episodes. <laughs> I will say this, and we'll conclude with this: I try to put together a top thirty-two, and this year is hard. It is. It is. This last year, I felt like I was didn't know if this person was a first-round pick, and now this year, I'm feeling like how can I leave this person out of the first round? So it's an exciting year. I, I'm glad you all are going to follow us along for the ride. <laughs>